Well, welcome to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. My name is Riley Spring. I'm here with Dave Taylor. And this podcast is brought to you by Sovereign Grace Churches Australia. Our hope is to cultivate church leadership, which is fueled and formed by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Bob Coughlin from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he's the director Woo-hoo. of Summer Grace. Yeah. I'm clapping. I'm clapping. Oh, we're clapping. We need, yeah. we need clapping. Sound <laughs> the crowd. The crowd is intense out there. All of the internet for clapping. Uh, he's the director of Sovereign Grace Music, but more importantly, he's a pastor of Sovereign Grace Louisville. He's part of Sovereign Grace Churches. And even more importantly, he's our friend. Uh, we love yes. Bob and uh, we love his wife, Julie, and his family. And we're very grateful to have you on the podcast with us. Tell us what's life like in the U.S. at the moment, Bob. Uh, I think better than life in Australia. Uh, <laughs> as, as I'm catching That's the first. That's a- <laughs> Yeah, not in every way, and I wouldn't say that every time. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's been a, as for everybody, it's been a, a chaotic year and a half. And um, but the Lord reigns over it all, doesn't he? he it's, it's continuing to build his church. And uh, I think we've, we've seen some, I, I could ask that question in a number of ways personally louisville uh the country uh you know i i'm reading a lot less news than i have over the last year and a half just because i found that it hasn't been very helpful right for my soul and uh, a lot of things i can't do anything about but what i can do something about is how i love my wife how i care for my children and grandchildren how i serve the people in my church the people in my city that's what i can do something about so I'm really trying to focus on those things. And in those areas, we're just having a great time. We're, you know, the country is, is somewhat, somewhat returned back to normal. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, masks still in different places, but it's more optional. Hmm. Um, but much more freedom. The restaurants are full, um, which, you know, for a year, that, that didn't happen. I saw I saw on uh, Facebook, Bob, you had a family event and it, you have some like, 30, 33 family members. <laughs> Me and Julie plus 33 family members. Yeah. It was and all of them, except for, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, and then a family of five. So all of them, 12 stayed with us. Oh, wow. We had 23 in the house. Um, what a blessing. Yeah. For the stay in the States, we celebrate Thanksgiving and, uh, yeah, our kids came with their kids mm. and we spent like four or five days together. Wow, that's fun. It was quite a trip. We, we had a lot of things scheduled out. So that's great. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Very good. Now, when you're not throwing massive Thanksgiving parties, Bob, do you want to just tell our listeners what you get up to in a normal week? <laughs> of the maybe, maybe that's all Bob does. He just goes from that's one party to the next. Pretty much. I did live in Louisville uh, for a year, and I did get to go to Bob's house for quite a few parties. So maybe <laughs> it's a part-time job. Uh, I don't know. It is pretty much what we do. Um, yeah. Well, uh, what, what, what do I do? I do a lot of stuff. We just uh, recorded a live album called Unchanging God, which is based on the Psalms. We're going to be releasing two volumes next year, okay. March and July, volume one and volume two. And um, that was a lot of fun. We I spent a lot of time planning things for Sovereign Grace Music. We're going to be 
working on an album this January uh, based on uh, J.I. Packer's Knowing God. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2023 is the 50th anniversary. Oh, so we're going that's to cool. be uh, working on that. And uh, Karen for Julie, I mean, Julie, I think some people know Julie had a recurrence of breast cancer and uh, mm. she's doing treatments right now, but doing very well. We're, we're doing mm. very well, trusting the Lord for that. But that's kind of a an additional uh, part of my life. Yes. Um, she has a weekly uh, infusion, which I'm with her for. Mm. Um, but God has been so good. Our blessings far exceed our trials. And uh, so we're focused on, I'm focused on caring for her and then just uh, seeing Sovereign Grace music grow and do what we do better. Uh, and caring for the church. Yeah. Being part of, just being a pastor in the church, leading Sundays and uh, getting more deeply involved in the community here. You do a wonderful job, Bob. You do a wonderful job. Very grateful for you. It's, it's a joy. Mm. We, uh, we can't wait for this new Psalms, uh, two volumes coming out. I didn't know about the J.I. Packer one, but uh, mm-hmm. people can obviously find that on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere, on the Summer Grace Music website when, when it all comes out. When it comes out, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't look now. Don't look now. It's <laughs> not there yet, but it will be there. <laughs> You know what's going to happen? Some people right now are typing it in and they're like, where is this thing? Finally, heaven has come. Last he's clearly year. not doing this. He's just having parties. He's not Our doing it. Christmas album came out last year. Heaven has come. You can find that Yes, on Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that album is wonderful. Fantastic. We love singing. Oh, come all you unfaithful. We sing uh, it year round actually, but yeah. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You it's can. such a nice song. Yeah. Okay. Now, we've been talking in this series about uh, what it means to you know, be a church that is passionate about Jesus Christ. Uh, that's our hope um, as in Amen. Sovereign Grace Churches Australia. We want churches you know, where we preach Christ and him crucified. Uh, we want to know nothing among you Amen. apart from Christ, proclaiming him, mm-hmm. declaring him. Uh, and we don't want just that at a leadership level. We want that in the whole congregation, everyone to be passionate mm-hmm. about Jesus. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've been talking through each um, in each episode how at our two churches, our mission statement is that we're, we want to build a people who are passionate about knowing, applying, and proclaiming the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and today, what we want to talk about is knowing the gospel, uh, that knowing piece again, but knowing the gospel in our singing and our corporate worship. So that, that's why we have Bob on, uh, although we could have Bob on for all of them, uh, because I've <laughs> sat with Bob for a year and passed yeah. by him, and he could do them all. Uh, But we're going to talk particularly about knowing the gospel in our singing. And and I want to begin by asking you, Bob, somewhat obvious question, but I think one that probably needs to be asked. Uh, Given our context in Australia, we sort of have two extremes, I think, when it comes to singing. Some people, I think, you know, singing is something that we, we do kind of religiously. We sing those songs, but the real deal is the preaching and the real deal is the word, which, you know, is a fair point, uh, but singing is sort of marginalized as, you know, yeah. not that important. It doesn't really matter how it plays out. The other end of the spectrum um, is that singing is everything, you know, it's song after song. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all the emotion, the atmosphere, setting an atmosphere and, you know, all those type of things is, is really important. So the question I want to ask you is why do we sing? Uh, and, you know, wh- why should churches and leaders and, and why should pastors have a really big concern about how we sing and why we sing? 
Well, certainly we want to go to scripture to find out the answer to those questions, because I think everybody has an answer to that question, but it's not necessarily what God would say. So it's one of the things I started to research when I kind of took this role as director of Sovereign Grace Music 24 or five years ago, um, because I wanted job security. And I wanted to <laughs> yeah. you know that God himself said we should sing. So there, there are a lot of reasons we can, we can deduce uh, from, in, we can deduce in scripture as to why we should sing. I think, uh, you know, one of the most important is that God, sings Zephaniah 317 he sings over us mm. um you know Jesus sang a hymn with his disciples yeah. Ephesians 5 talks about how when we're filled with the spirit um that we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs so God is a singing God and singing is throughout the Bible God doesn't want us just to declare his praise he wants us to sing it, yeah. and that's that's one of the things that that we want to take seriously. It, it's it's we should care about this not because we're musicians, not because we've been trained, but because God cares about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Psalm one forty five three says, "Great is the Lord, and greatly greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable." Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean for God? To be praised greatly. Well, it, it, it means more evidently than just that we come together and say, God is great. God is great. He's really great. He's really, really great. Uh, no, in the Psalms, we see just by the very nature of the book itself, it's a, it's a collection of songs. God intends his praises to be sung. Mm. And as I think it's Psalm 47 where we're, uh, we're told uh, for six, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. Okay, uh, it's not enough that we just declare his praise. We're to sing his praise. Mm. Well, what are we to, what are we to sing? Uh, well, the Psalms tell us that too. We're, we're to sing about God's word, uh, Psalm 1954, your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. We're to sing about his worthiness. Uh, Psalm 117 talks about praising the Lord for his steadfast love, for his faithfulness. And we're to sing about his works, um, the things that God does. Why singing though? That's, that's your question. I think it could be summed up simply as God desires us not to just know the truth and declare the truth, but to feel the truth. Mm-hmm. That's what singing helps us do. And I could get into a number of ways that singing does that. I just mentioned a few. Um, melody, song, music is the emotional language. It stirs our emotions and it expresses our emotions. In other words, it, it causes emotions to be, and it, it, it is able, it enables, enables us to express those affections, might be a better word. Um, singing helps us repeat phrases and words without sounding stupid. <laughs> so, you know, when you say, it is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul, it just sounds weird. But when you sing it, it sounds glorious. Mm. 
singing enables us to stretch out words so that we can think about them more carefully. Uh, singing enables us to sing words with enthusiasm and exuberance that we, if we just said it out loud, it, we would might sound like fanatics. But when we sing them, <laughs> and on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. You know, you can pour your soul mm. into that and not sound like, uh, you know, someone that that people around you are just going, would you just quiet it down? Just keep it down. Is this mm -hmm. Singing enables us to do that. And then singing is beautiful. It, it, it's pleasant. It, it is something that, that makes the praise of God enjoyable. So isn't that kind of the Lord that he would give us a means yes. of praising him that is evidently enjoyable, yes. experientially enjoyable. Uh, so, Maybe one last reason we sing because it enables us to actually maybe two reasons. Sorry. It enables us to express the unity, a unity we have uh, been given through the gospel. Mm. We're singing, we're taking breaths together. We're singing a melody together. Um, and more so than even congregational, you know, recitations where we're saying things together, singing actually gives us a meter, a beat, notes that we all do this together. And it's an amazing experience mm -hmm. that God gives us because he wants us to know, I have made you one in Christ. And then lastly, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ, I don't know why I'm saying this lastly, it's usually the first thing I say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god singing helps us not only to feel the truth but to enable the truth to get into our hearts richly deeply um, it helps us remember the word of christ which is the gospel we are to sing the gospel we're to sing in such a way that the truth about what Christ has done for us gets deeper into our minds, our hearts, and our wills. So those are some of the reasons mm -hmm. we sing. Oh, wonderful. And I want to I pick up on uh, not just why we sing, but what we're to sing about. But before we do, you mentioned something right at the beginning. You said, we sing because it helps us to feel uh, something. Yeah. Feel the truth. Now that word feelings and worship is a bit of a taboo word in reformed conservative evangelical circles yes. in Sydney. Uh, and so I, maybe some people are like, Oh, why is that? And, and mm -hmm. emotionalism that. it's emotionalism. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what, was, what was your experience of that day when you came implanted here, that feeling of, Oh, or that, yeah, that, that skepticism of feeling. Mm. Oh, I think it was exactly that uh, Riley. There was that, there was that sense of, Oh, any mention that, I, in fact, somebody even said to me very early on, why, why do you need to feel it? You just know it. And any sense of feeling something was emotion, the fear of emotionalism, that we're manipulating people's feelings and causing emotionalism. How would you speak into that, Bob, where there's that concern about, okay, well, you're talking about feeling the truth, but what, what about the danger of emotionalism in that? How would you speak yeah. into that for us? I think there it, it helps to begin with definitions. So emotionalism is experiencing feelings without a regard 
for what they're motivated by mm. or what their root is and what their aim is. That's emotionalism. So you, you come into a room full of people and there's a buzz. You don't know why there's a buzz. There's just a lot of people excited and they, something's going on. You have no idea why, what's going on. It could be something wonderful, like a wedding. It could be something terrible, like you know, meeting of, I won't even go into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, uh, you don't know. That's emotionalism. That is different from expressing God-honoring emotion. So let me give you a second definition, the difference between affections and our emotions. Mm -hmm. Emotions are what we feel. Affections are why we feel them. Mm -hmm. So affections go deeper than your emotions. And what we're really seeking to cultivate and nurture and feed when we sing is our affections, not just our emotions. Yes. So when someone is singing a song, um, you know, um, oh, a happy song, just I, I'm looking at Psalm 47, clap your hands, all you people shout out to God with voice. We don't sing that song anymore. I'm trying to think of a song, a more relevant <laughs> song. Um, here's our, our God. That's um mm. Holy, you alone are holy. Uh, now to the king on the throne, who was and is to come, and to the lamb who was slain, be glory. If I am not moved by that, mm. I need to ask myself, am I obeying the Bible? Mm. Where it says, delight yourself in the Lord. Good. That's Good. a command. God rebukes the Israelites at one point because they didn't serve him with glad hearts. Colossians 3 says that we are to sing with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Those are, yeah, you could say feelings, but maybe even more precisely, they're affections. Mm -hmm. They are, I value above all things the glory of God in Jesus Christ and his beauty and his truth, and his majesty, and his sovereignty, and his goodness, and his mercy. So when I sing about those things, what happens? I'm affected. Yes. And here's what I'd say to those people who you know, say, oh, you, you know, don't get emotional. You will follow your affections. Mm -hmm. You will do, you will act in accordance with your affections, the way they're pointed, the things you value, that's what you're going to do. Jesus said, where your treasure is, mm -hmm. there your heart will be also. That's saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. So to say that affections are unimportant or emotions, because there's a result of right affections, I think is to discount what God himself has commanded us to do. Yeah, very good. And it's probably worth, if you're listening to this, asking yourself that question. If I don't have, you know, right affections or right emotions for God in song and in all of my life, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What, what am I missing? We are not robots. God gave us emotions for a reason. Emotions, they don't, they don't lead us, but they do teach us. Hmm. We can learn from our emotions. In other words, we don't live by emotions. But they do tell us what's happening. And if, if I sing a song about, 
how how God became incarnate, God the Son became incarnate and and lived in my place and died my death, took my took my punishment on the cross and is risen from the dead, and that doesn't move me. I don't think I understand it rightly. Yes. Or yeah. maybe I've been taught wrongly that to respond, you know, emotionally to that is is wrong. Right. And I'd say, no, I think you've just been taught wrong. I think you, you look at your Bibles and you'll see, you know, God really does speak to our affections so that our emotions are honoring to him. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting about the taught bit and the model bit. I was recently at a sporting event. I was watching the Australian women's soccer team, the Matildas play the Brazilian women's soccer team. And the crowds couldn't be more different. It was exactly. just you know, but I think the Aussies, I think that the people there really like the Matildas, but we just don't have this culture of yeah. jumping up and down and singing and just outright emotion. Yeah. But the but I wanted to become a Brazilian by the end of the game because <laughs> 90 minutes they danced and sung and yeah, cheered yeah, yeah. and were going. Yeah. And then the, then the game finished and they kept going. And the whole Brazilian soccer team came over and the whole crowd kept on singing for 15 minutes after the game. And I'm like... Get me amongst these people. Whereas the Aussies were like, you know, we gave a clap. We gave a cheer when something happened, but it wasn't this constant song. And it's funny just trying to figure out, yeah, how much is caught, how much we need to be retaught, how much we've been wrongly taught, et cetera. Um, Well, we have to go to the word of God. Yes. And and let's go there because what I want to ask now is if that's why we sing and kind of, you know, how the scripture explains it, what are we meant to sing about? And I think this will help us if we're struggling in our emotions and our affections. This, this is one of the key things I loved when I came to Sovereign Grace was that I realized that, oh, the, the chief thing that we're meant to sing about will and should produce these affections. So in your view, what are we meant to sing about as churches? Well, I, I said it earlier. It's three W words, God's word, God's worthiness, and God's works. Those are the three things in the mm-hmm. Psalms that are regularly singled out as what we should be singing about. Do we sing about other things? Yes, there are times we sing about what we're doing. So again, Psalm 47, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. What does he do next? For the Lord, the most high, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. You see that again and again in the Psalm, Psalm 117, Simply praise the Lord, all nation, extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. That's his worthiness. Praise Mm -hmm. the Lord. Psalm 33 talks about God's word and his works and his worthiness. When it says um, uh, in verse six, uh, verse four, verse three, sing to him a new song, (laughs) play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright mm-hmm. and all his work is done in faithfulness. So there you have his word, his work, his character, his worthiness. That's what's to, to uh, occupy the, the, the bulk of our singing, along with the appropriate responses of joy, delight, reverence, awe, repentance, fear, all those things, uh, you know, I think, Part of the reason the contemporary 
worship movement uh, achieved such a dramatic impact over the world was because there were churches who were singing a lot of truth and not giving people the opportunity to respond. Uh, there, there wasn't that delight. There wasn't that fear. There wasn't that uh, uh, awe. Um, so, so you need both. You need the objective reality of, of God's, of who God is, what he's done, you know, how, how we perceive that, and then our response to it. But of all the things that we can sing about in his terms of his works, there's nothing that surpasses the, the work of redemption. Yeah. Jesus Christ coming in the flesh to bear our sins, to rise from the dead, to live a perfect life for us um, so that he could be our sin-bearing substitute, taking the wrath of God in our place so that we could be justified, forgiven, adopted into God's family, secure in God's love, having the hope of seeing him and being with him forever. Nothing trumps that. Yes. So that's what Colossians 3 16 says so clearly let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all yes. wisdom singing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god and you see it in the in the letters you know the hymnody we have they all reference christ who he is what he's done um you know so when we sing we should come away with a deeper understanding of appreciation for and i would say and say an experiential response to mm. who Jesus is and what he has done to redeem us. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. And you you guys recently released an album, The Glorious Christ, which focused oh, yes, on we him did. specifically uh, and all of his mm. works and, and worth uh, and uh, in the words about him, which is fantastic. I, I remember hearing you talk once, Bob, and it, and it it really spoke to me. This is many years ago. I, I had grown up on songs that were actually probably quite a lot about me. I was singing about mm. myself <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, but then listening to you, just, just understanding that Colossians piece, that the, these are the songs that are going to get stuck in your head. Yeah. So what yeah. do you want to get stuck in your head? Yeah. Songs about yeah. you? Or songs about Christ. And I found that so wonderfully helpful, particularly in leadership as well, in terms of what do we want to get stuck in people's heads? So in terms of the diet of our church, what, what truths do we want to get stuck in there? Songs about us or songs about the Lord? And I found that so helpful. Well, it's, it's uh, I think this is, you know, it's hard to pinpoint specific songs because by and large, I think there has been an improvement in the kinds of songs that are being written. Yes, uh, for the church and in the modern worship genre, um, but they're not always theologically driven. They're more theologically aware, hmm. and they can be vague in the in the things they express. You know, a classic example would be Waymaker, which is, <laughs> you know, it says a lot of true things about God, but you can kind of interpret that however you want. It it doesn't it doesn't tell us how he made a way and you know what does this have to do with and what's the biggest way he made and hmm. it's not just about me getting what I want you know me breaking through my barriers to achieve my dreams it's you know it's and it, not saying that the writers meant that at all but it's just not clear yeah mm -hmm. God's very clear they're very clear in Revelation about why Jesus is being praised. Worthy are you to break 
to see us and open the scroll because you were slain and by your blood you purchased, you redeemed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's what you did. And it's not just we're getting excited. We're excited. You did specific things. So, uh, but in the, there are times we can say, you know, I worship you. I worship you. It feels like so worshipful, but what am I doing? I'm just saying, I yeah. worship you. I worship you. And I can say to my wife, I love you. I love you. And I do a lot, but I am doing just as much, saying just as much about why I love her, mm, yes. what it is about her. I love, and I, I get very specific about the things about her that I love. And that's, that is more persuasive both to her and to me that my love is genuine. Yes. And if I think I'm loving God because I say, I love you, Jesus, I, I think what well, my faith could grow deeper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, yeah. more, there's more to find, more to discover. Uh, you, you write actually in your great book, uh, Worship Matters, and it's I would plug true. that... I would plug that. Not that I'm holding it up right now. We're on a video call. This is a podcast. So, uh, yeah. Your uh, makeup's looking really see. good today, Riley, as well. Yeah, really yeah. Thank sure. you. You can't That's see right. what I'm holding up. You never book. cracked that book open before. <laughs> it looks very fresh, Bob. It looks very fresh. Just let me talk. Okay. The, the, it says <laughs> the gospel is not merely one of many possible things we can touch on as we come to worship God, it is the central and foundational theme. All our worship originates and is brought into focus at the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm. Glorying in Jesus Christ means glorying in his cross. Amen. The cross stands for all that was accomplished through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you go on to demonstrate that, mm. so, mm. you know, in our worship, we're, to, we're make it about Christ, but then as a focal point, the cross but the cross stands for all of Christ, his pre-incarnate glory, all the way through to his ascension and his one day return, yeah, yeah. his substitutionary death on the cross. And so there's a limitless amount of resource there. All the whole story of scripture is obviously about Christ. And so when we yeah. come into planning worship, we ought to be thinking, how can I lead them to a hill called Calvary? How can I show yeah. them again that Christ mm -hmm. died yeah. in their place yeah. for their sins, that forgiveness is on offer, uh, that eternal security and eternal hope is on offer. And so when we, we come to seeing, you know, I love that quote because it's like, get them to the cross. And, yeah. and that's when our affections start to bloom and blossom because we're, we forget again, we're unbelievers yeah. We, yeah. and we need it, don't we? As we plan out worship sets and, and services, we need the gospel. You know, well, I want, and I want to add to that. It's not just singing about how Jesus died for my sins over mm -hmm. and over and over. I think mm -hmm. that was what we tend to do in Sovereign Grace churches 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and maybe still are in some places. <laughs> it's it's drawing out the implications of that. Amen. And, and I just had this thought. I don't know if I've ever, ever had this thought before, but it's it's. Oh, like, this is hot I, off the press. I'm loving it. It's an exclusive. It's well, I'm going to get a pen. <laughs> It's, I wouldn't share this with just anybody. Um, you know, Julie and I have been married by married 45 years now. And uh, we just celebrated 45 last August. And uh, I am more amazed than ever that she said yes to me yeah. when I asked her. So I look back at that time and I think just with more amazement, more amazement, I go back and go, I can't believe you said yes. I can't believe you married me. I, I'll say that to her today. I can't believe that you married me. Just... But that's not all, because there's so much that's happened since, and as a result of her saying 
that I could marry her, that she would marry me. And so we live in the good of all that Jesus accomplished in his cross. We, our, our trespasses were forgiven. He put the rulers and authorities to open shame, triumphing over them in his cross, Colossians 2. And now we, we can live in the good of that, of God's security, of God's love, of God's care, of the, the reality of God's promises. All that's true because we are in the family. We are forgiven. That chasm that was created because of Adam and Eve's sin, which we would have done the same thing. But now in Christ, it's been reversed. The curse has been overturned. And now we can be reconciled to God because of Amen. what Jesus has done. It's amazing. And how can yes. we not be excited about that and want to sing about it? That How can we not, when we think about that, draw out its implications? Romans 8.32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Amen. So I think there are churches where we sing about substitutionary atonement every week, but we don't help people understand. That means that you can forgive that person who sinned against you. Right. Because you've been forgiven of so much. That means you can trust God that he will provide a way for, for you to make it through to the end of the month financially. Because he sent his son to die for you. And you don't need to fear that he won't provide for you now. Mm -hmm. Th those kinds of things. Uh, so that's what you know, enabling, allowing the word of Christ to dwell in you richly means. It's, it's seeing what it meant and then drawing out all the implications of it, which we'll be doing for eternity. So in a kind of word picture, you've sort of got the height of it, which you're looking up to the cross and but then the breadth when it's all of life from yes, yes. death and from tragedy to triumph. And when you proclaim the cross, then you can apply it broadly into all these people's yes, circumstances yes. and lives and the sorrows. And you don't have to be ashamed. And I, I appreciated this a lot when I was in Louisville of when hard things were happening. You didn't, you were unabashed in the way that you would apply the goodness of the gospel into yes. terrible circumstances and without feeling like, oh, we've got to do a really somber song. You know, it's like, no, 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 we can, we can be oh, joyful yeah. because yeah. of what Christ has done. And so it gives you yes. this, this power and this truth to stand on. Yeah. Uh, and so I would encourage, remains true. And I would encourage anyone listening or future leaders as you think about planning and, Think about doing, you know, how to put together yeah. worship and think about the service uh, to ask this question, which again is from Bob's um, book. Will our time together cause people's view of trust in and mm -hmm. desire for God's glory in Christ mm -hmm. and him crucified to increase? Yeah. yeah. Will I lead them to the cross and will they leave more joyful, more assured, more peaceful, more hopeful as a result? Amen. Yes, we don't have to skirt around the real problems we, we face. I mean, the Psalms show us that. Paul yeah. shows us that. New Testament shows us that. Um, but we have this foundation that cannot be shaken. Yeah. We have a rock that is eternally secure. And that rock is God has brought us near to him in Christ. And we have been saved to, to glory in, delight in, respond to uh, God's glory in Christ. Um, and what a what a privilege that is. So yeah, we it's it's you know that uh, grieving yet you're rejoicing. Yeah, you do both. The, the life is hard, 
there are many hard things, but uh, I, I have said more frequently in recent years, our blessings far exceed our trials. Mm. And Paul says that in 2 Corinthians 4 and Romans 8, that these light momentary afflictions are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Yeah, same, man. Well, amazing. I love spending time with you, Bob, because I always leave just preached to, encouraged, in Christ. <laughs> I'm ready to sing, Ronnie. I'm ready to sing. We should sing. We could end in a song, uh, but that would not serve our listeners. Ronnie's actually got to go and he's got to cancel Waymaker for Sunday. He's kind of leading off with that. <laughs> uh, now, before we end, Dave, I want you to just throw out, you're, you're, you're actually lead worship in your church as well from a musical standpoint, not just from a pastoral standpoint. Can you recommend some resources for... Uh, worship leaders and and future leaders pastors etc honestly it, the best stuff i know is it's actually bob's so worship oh, matters the book get out more. i think i need to yeah. read a bit more no but i think it's excellent worship matters the book i think is what we should do we should do a giveaway riley oh uh, you know what i i've got 10 copies of my shelf because a bookshop in australia was selling it on sale so i just bought them all and so <laughs> okay giveaway where's the jingle ding 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 yeah. we've given away two copies of the cross-centered life now if you would like and will actually use and read bob's worship matters then email me rs at sgpara.org.au and i will send you a copy i'm holding it up again it's an audio podcast you can't see it worship matters it's awesome it's very good there's also a worship matters intensive which is online, which we've taken all our key leaders through at different times. Look at the probably take band through it. Yeah, it's a video series. Uh, really, really excellent. The sort of short thing. It, it's really the book, right, Bob, in headline yeah, taken yeah, yeah. through. But uh, I think that's wonderful. We've actually used that all over the world now, Riley. And I think that would be something that would be great for Australian pastors and worship leaders to mm. be going through. Uh, and then the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast with Bob and David Zimmer. And that just, that gets into even, you know, a lot of different topics, a lot of practical topics. Uh, And if people are brave and want to fly to the US, when you're running Worship Matters Intensives in person, you can visit a Worship Matters Intensive. We've had some guys visit, you know. Yes, we have. Yeah. I've actually sent one of our guys from our church to to it, and he absolutely loved it and would highly recommend it. And then there's Worship God conferences. Again, if you want to fly to the US, you can. Uh, And then when Bob comes out next time, then you can yes come, come on guys <laughs> uh, and then all is open all the southern grace uh, music uh, on spotify and um apple music and youtube as well as the website which is southerngracemusic.org.com uh, i don't know yeah, well, whatever so people bad. people are no one or the other or dot yeah. org dot org dot org okay fantastic well thank right, you so much Oh, man. Oh, wait. Any final words? Yeah, well, just a couple other resources other wait, rather than just ours. Um, Engaging with God by David Peterson. It yeah. would be a fantastic book to read. Uh, Christ-Centered Worship by Brian Chappell. Mm-hmm. Helps talk about the structure of meetings, the, the organization of meetings. Um, and then if you want to really get into something... Uh, uh, well, Worship by the Book, D.A. Carson, excellent resource. Mm. Um, uh, Recalling the Hope of Glory, if you want to look at Worship in the Old Testament, by Alan Ross. Cool. It's a fantastic book. Uh, those are some of the other books. And Music Through the Eyes of Faith. Music Through the Eyes of Faith by Harold Best. Uh, best book I've read on explaining the, the, the way music and worship work together. 
those, those have been some of the books. Some of the books have been very meaningful and helpful to me. And there's that very large book, Reformation Worship, which I've read. The, the introductory essays are fantastic mm. in that. It's just fantastic. Yeah. It's a real pleasure to be with you guys. And I, I pray that stuff we've shared has been uh, encouraging and helpful. Uh, it, it, I just encourage you, if you are you know, a leader or pastor in your church, to not certainly overvalue the place of singing, but not to undervalue it. Yes. Uh, it is a real play. It's, it's a time when pastors can care for the souls of, of the people in their church. And the spirit will work in ways that we're unaware. Uh, but as we plan carefully, trust the Holy Spirit in that, um, we'll see him do uh, exactly what he wants to do in the lives of the people we're leading. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us on the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. If you want that book, send in the email. God bless. Now we, Riley and I have a version of it that's quite nice, just vocally, a cappella. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite nice. Sure, it is. It's quite special. <laughs>